oh, they gave it to you on board? Oh, they tried oh, to just yes. give it to you. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's such a nice gift, but it's like, really? I've got to, like, now it's going to make my, my luggage overweight. Yeah. It's free, except I got to pay Alaska Airlines 25 bucks for my luggage now. Thanks, Dizzy. <laughs> back everybody to this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast and we are lucky we have sam back my gosh Hello. sam is now two two shows in a row sam i don't know what's going on here but welcome two bonus to-, ep- to be fair two bonus episodes i'm always on the regular show i'm just not always on the bonus show every episode you're on is is made better by you oh thank you i you know i'm just kind of an important i'm kind of a big deal so it's kind you know i kind of <laughs> we, have a, we, we have a staff of many sorting through the m&ms to get you only the green ones is the on-air talent <laughs> so uh so yeah and then i also want to welcome back gail to our show we had gail on episode 154 i think it was like top 10 or top eight things to do on board a longer cruise which was a fun episode so lucky to have her back thanks gail for joining us Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to chat with you. And full disclosure to our audience, the idea from this episode came from Gail, not from Brian and I. So thank you for that, Gail. We always tell our listeners, if you have episode ideas, reach out. And here we are. See, we we do episodes that our listeners uh, raise to us. So email us, email us if you want to be on the show. But today's show is timely because it's kind of related to some announcements that Disney did last week, or I should say it's directly related to some announcements that Disney Cruise Line made last week. And the big announcement last week was Pixar Day at Sea is coming to the Disney Fantasy in in 2023. And so that is a big deal. The other days at sea that are currently out there are Marvel Day at Sea and Star Wars Day at Sea and Frozen. I think it's a Frozen Day at Sea. I think that's what they call it. And so the Frozen Days at Sea are usually on the Nor- Norway and Alaska cruises, I believe. There may be a handful of others that they appear on. Marvel Day at Sea has only been aboard the dream and the magic out of Miami of, of late. And Star Wars Day at Sea has been on the fantasy. So there's no formal announcement from Disney, but the speculation is that they are retiring or at least hitting pause on Star Wars Day at Sea and replacing it with this Pixar Day at Sea. Which makes sense because the Wish is going to have Hyperspace Lounge. And now that they've got the Star Wars Resort, I can't remember what it's called, but at Disney World. The Star the Star Cruiser. The Star Cruiser. <laughs> is it? Do we really need Star Wars Day at Sea on the Fantasy also? So I, I have two comments on the Star Cruiser being a motivating factor here. One is I think people give the business operations units at Disney way too much credit for actually working together on that kind of a thing, which <laughs> they don't traditionally. But two, I don't think a Star Wars Day at Sea is anywhere near the same experience as what they're trying to offer for the Star Cruiser. And I'm not sure that they really hit the same kind of people who would take a cruise that happened to have a Star Wars Day at Sea on it, as opposed to I'm going to devote two days of my life to playing with lightsabers inside of a controlled environment at Disney. I suspect what's really going on here is those comment cards, uh, when you have a day at sea on board a Disney Cruise Line ship, they sort of kind of hit at how much was this day at sea a motivator for you to to be on board. And I'm wondering if it's just not as big a motivator for people to book a cruise any longer. There's sort of, you know, folks are saying, yeah, it's nice to have, but I mean, I took this cruise because I took this cruise. So 
Yeah. Well, I think part of that is just by virtue of the fact that they've had the Star Wars Day at Sea available for a few years now, you know, a couple of years pre-pandemic. And so the really hardcore Star Wars fans have already gone on a cruise to experience Star Wars Day at Sea on the fantasy. So they're already, that audience has already been tapped out, I think. And so Pixar Day at Sea obviously markets to a different audience and markets better to the typical Disney Cruise Line cruising audience, which is families with young children. Gail, I'm curious, uh, are you sad to see potentially Star Wars Day at Sea exiting the picture here? Or do you see the Pixar Day at Sea as a much bigger win for for Disney Cruise Line? Um, Personally, I like Star Wars. It is not enough to make me go on a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise with all of the other options. From a travel agent side, I am sad to see it go away because there is a huge fan base. That's a good point. It is a big fan base. Although I wonder if Pixar has a wider appeal a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. I suspect there'll be a clamoring at the beginning for people to experience this, but then it's always the question of longevity, right? How long can it go? But let's talk about, Gail is is on because she actually experienced a sort of prior iteration of a Pixar experience at sea that Disney offered years ago and then put on hiatus. So I should say this is not unusual for Disney to kind of hit pause on these and Retinker them and, and come out with something new. Before we get into what Gail's experience was like, why don't we talk about what Disney is advertising this new Pixar Day at Sea to be and what the offerings are? And then we can sort of compare across with Gail's experience on board previously. So, a couple things are happening here. One is characters. So, if you want to read more about this, you can head over to the Disney Parks blog or Disney Cruise Line now has a page dedicated to Pixar Day at Sea. But essentially, the three big buckets that they're highlighting are character encounters, immersive entertainment, and special dining. The character encounters that they're highlighting include uh, it says, interact with your favorite Pixar pals, including Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and Bo Peep from Toy Story, Mike, Sully, and Boo from Monsters Inc., Joy and Sadness from Inside Out, Doug and Russell from Up, and everyone's favorite supers, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, and Frozone from The Incredibles. And so you've got, what is that, four or five movie franchises represented there uh, with character greets. A lot of these are folks you see in the parks. So, you know, not any by any means unusual characters. I guess a few of them might only come out together at special occasions and things like that. Sam, what do you think about the characters? announced. I know I've got one group of Pixar characters, not re- maybe two groups of Pixar characters not represented here that I we have met in the parks that I sure would love to see on board. Yes. Yeah, so I won't I won't spoil those two groups, but I completely agree with you. I know what you're going to say. I I like that they're bringing on some up characters. You actually, I've never seen them on a cruise before. I love Doug. I love Russell, Mr. Fredrickson, right? Like those are great characters and they do sometimes come out, uh, or at least they came out at uh, a Pixar event that we went to at Disney's California Adventure. And so we have met some of those characters before. We know that Kevin is an Animal Kingdom and he's back in Animal oh sorry she's back in Animal Kingdom. So there some of these up characters are are fantastic additions. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and Frozone in the parks. I'm sure there probably have been, just not in an experience that you and I have experienced. So that's a pretty exciting one. The Toy Story ones have been out on cruises before, but it's been, uh, I think, since pre-pandemic, since they've been out from what I hear. So that's a nice thing to bring back. Although would be nice if they Maybe added some, you know, maybe a little Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head, maybe Barbie and Ken, you know, (laughs) 
would be nice to see some some additional characters there. So, but I will let I will not spoil the characters that you and I both think are are missing. Yeah, well, let me, let me ask Gail. I mean, maybe this is a good way to segue into her experience. What was the nature of the experience before? Like, how was it built by Disney? Was it a Pixar day at sea? And then why don't we target specifically in on characters? What sorts of characters were on board from Pixar, if any? So this specific wording in how they promoted this was a Pixar-inspired California coastal cruise. So they were very careful uh, in their wording with that in the promotions and on board. We saw some of these same characters, Mr. Incredible, Woody, Jesse, Buzz. Um, There was also Remy and especially for you, Sam, from Up was Carl. Oh, yes. My favorite, however, the way they kicked this off, which they obviously couldn't have done on board, is as we were moving from the terminal to the ship, there were big, long walkways at our port, and they had two of the cars from Cars 2 out on the deck that we could do pictures on our way to boarding. Oh, fantastic. When when was the yeah let's let's get into some specifics here Gail when when was this and was it a single cruise or did they offer several sort of Pixar inspired cruises So I will invite you all into my Wayback Machine to (laughs) September of 2012, and they did this for only four sailings. Yeah, it's and our I think our closest analog thus far has been a Pixar Pier night at Disney's California Adventure, where it was one of these after hours events, and you know, big focal point was a bunch of characters. You know, and that's where my comment comes from. A few that I see missing. One, they had an Eve and Wall-E setup that was really amazing. It was something like the droid experience that you would get on a Star Wars day at sea right now because you know they were there, they could move, they could interact. They were robots. And so you could stand in front of or stand behind them and they would move and interact and make noises and things like that. That was really cool. And I could I kind of hope that maybe we would see this kind of ticketed events that we've seen on a Star Wars day at sea, the ticketed meet and greets, and maybe some of these folks will show up there. The other two kind of sets of characters that I'm surprised not to see, and, and we don't know if Disney's just holding back and there will be more on board, one was that uh, Onward has actually been a pretty successful franchise, and they had the Onward characters at Pixar Pier Night at Disney's California Adventure. So I'm, you know, it'd be interesting to think about why they're not making an appearance. But perhaps the biggest surprise for me is no Remy and Emil being announced, especially when there's a restaurant based on that franchise on board the ship. So I. I actually suspect we will see them in some capacity. I think it would be really cool if it was connected to the restaurant in some way, but I I just can't imagine omitting them from (laughs) this kind of thing, maybe in the short term, but not in the long run. So I hope to see them. I guess, you know, moving on from characters for a second, the next category of things that they're talking about in this post is immersive entertainment. So kind of the stuff that we see typically from Disney Cruise Line, but with a twist here. So first, there's going to be a new nighttime spectacular that will help the that will call upon your family to help the Incredibles save the day. That's the first bullet here. So this sort of deck top spectacular. I'm wondering if it will be tied to fireworks. Doesn't mention fireworks specifically, but that would be interesting if they had another fireworks show planned. The other thing that's pretty typical here is the families will be able to join their favorite characters from the beloved Pixar films for a dance party bash. So deck dance party, however you want to say that, that's also not necessarily a new phenomenon. What I do think is new and I do think is awesome is that they are bringing in the Coco characters, which uh, again is another 
category of really popular Pixar characters for a theatrical experience that will bring to life the beloved story of Miguel and his family from Coco through live music and puppetry. Now, I take that to be a stage show. Sam, do you think that's right? That it'll be a stage yes, show? Yes, 100%. I think that's I the, the way it's worded about the the story and using puppetry i'm envisioning something like what they do with frozen um so there's the stage show frozen they use these they're not quite life size but slightly you know smaller they use these puppets in the beginning of that stage show to tell the story the part of the story where anna and elsa are children and then they use obviously puppetry for Olaf throughout the entire show. And so I think we're going to see something like that, but it's going to be the whole show from from my read of this. When they have a model for this from, is it, is it California Adventure or someplace that has a kind of a, I don't know if it's a Coco show or a roving experience with the yeah, characters? Yeah, it's like a roving, I think it's like a roving mariachi band with with uh, some of the characters from the movie. It's not, it's not certainly not the entire show or anything like that. But yes, I I, I think they... They have a model probably, I mean, they may use those exact puppets or or, or model whatever puppets on, on those. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a smart move on their part because there's been a lot of asks to get Coco on board these ships in some way from stage shows to a, like a Mexican immersive dining experience, you know, that sort of thing. So I think this is a this is a win overall. Plus, we just need a new show. Well, that's I mean, that's the other thing. I was say. This is a huge deal. They're putting on a new stage show, right? This is not, you know, Disney putting out a new stage show is a I don't, I don't want to say it's rare, but it's not common. Right. So right. You know, and it's a big re- endeavor and they retool shows. Yeah, it means training cast, getting a whole bunch of you know, stuff written. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, It's kind of a big deal to be launching a new stage show. Gail, do you see this as a win? And then I'm also curious on the cruise that you took, did they have like a special stage performance or show? Um, First of all, there was no difference in the stage shows on our uh, Pixar cruise. I think it is going to be interesting to see if this is a full-fledged show or if this is going to be maybe a, a sort of segment that they tie in with other things because normally when they are announcing a new full-blown Broadway style show, it's a big announcement in and of itself. And I feel like it's gotten hidden in this announcement. Yeah. The language here is theatrical experience, which yeah, is not necessarily a show. I actually wonder if maybe this could be like a experience up on the top deck stage and not something in the main theater. So yeah. I don't think so. I think with puppets, I think you've got to really be in the main theater. But I, I think to Gail's point, it is possible that they sort of add a, a Coco segment into Believe or Dreams or one of the other stage shows. So they have retooled some of those shows to add different scenes. Like when Frozen came out, they added a Frozen scene. So so it's definitely possible they do it that way. I think my my read of it more is that it's going to be its own stage show. But that's a good point, Gail, that you make that usually that comes as its own separate announcement. So it's it's perhaps not clear which way this will shake out. I'm hoping, I guess I assumed a stage show because that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It Well, and I guess if it's a new stage show, it begs the question, what's not going to be on board, right? And so, I mean, this fantasy is doing seven night sailings right now. 
so full disclosure, we have now booked a 2023 cruise in February. We couldn't get on board <laughs> earlier because we'll be coming back from uh, Europe uh, from a long uh, Adventures by Disney River cruise. But uh, we are going on a seven-night sailing or planning to, I should say, a seven-night sailing on the fantasy that will have Pixar Day at Sea. So it's possible that if it was a new show, they could insert it into the lineup as opposed to getting rid of something or, or replacing something. But I would think if it was a full-blown stage production, they'd need to replace one of the shows on board. And I'm not sure how that would necessarily land with. Well, they, they might, you know, frozen is actually on two different ships. Currently it's on both the wonder and the fantasy. So if they want to make it that each ship has their, you know, own unique itinerary and that there isn't, you know, much overlap, it it could replace frozen. Although that would be a big deal because there is so much love still out there in the community for frozen and those families especially with Let little it girls go. <laughs> those families with little girls um i mean they dress up in their elsa and anna costumes to go see the show uh it's it's kind of a big deal what about fireworks scale uh i'm curious because it sounds like i think brian's right there's going to be a new deck party and perhaps it will tie in with a new fireworks show did they do any kind of deck party or dance party and any kind of coordinating fireworks on the cruise that you took? Um, the fireworks were what we now know as normal and standard, which for then would have been Buccaneer Blast uh, since we were California side and not Caribbean side of things. The dance party uh, was the same. I mean, presumably so. We did have that on our cruise, which may be one of the key and very rare similarities between these sailings. Interesting. It is fun. It is funny. We are so spoiled now with fireworks at sea that we have the, well, they're just the regular fireworks. At sea. <laughs> other, other cruise ships are trailing the Disney ships just to get their passengers a view of this th- stuff. So that is funny. And uh, yeah, and, and I, I know I made a comment on a show a while back. Uh, Sam was asking me to talk about the dance party on one of our cruises recently. And I sort of said, you know, well, if you've seen one Disney deck dance party, you've seen them kind of seen them all. And a listener did sort of call us out. Well, people aren't people are not sailing as much as you two are. I just want to emphasize, though, literally, if you have seen a Disney dance party on the deck, kind of follow the same model. It's two crew members dressed in some kind of costume dancing along with like one or maybe two characters at a time. And then they're sometimes they all come out, but I, I, I am not enthused by the deck dance parties. So it's not going to be the thing that I I'm excited to go see. I am enthused by the show. I am enthused by the, uh, by the fireworks and the character meets like those, those are cool. So the, the dance party to give people who haven't been on a cruise or haven't been to one of the dance parties on a cruise, they're not the same as dan- the dance parties that you see at the parks where the characters come out in kind of a a cul-de-sac area in the park and dance and just dance with the guests. They're more of a bit of a stage show in the sense that the characters are on the the pool deck stage. They're doing a coordinated dance with a couple of the activities folks that Brian was referring to. And they kind of lead the crowd in some dance moves. And so it's a lot of kids and adults dancing on the deck while watching you know, the characters on stage dancing along. And so, uh, and then they usually pan the cameras out to the audience. It's, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. I don't do it every cruise, but it's, it's a, when it's a unique experience and I'm guessing this one will be because we will have Pixar characters. Normally it is just the fab five doing these dance parties on the cruises. Well, that brings us to everyone's favorite topic, food. 
So the third category of experiences that Disney is highlighting here in their post are dining filled with character, which is a play on words because they mean the characters are going to be part of the dining experience. And so they, they highlight actually three things here, one of which I just want to call shenanigans on right up front, which is they say, immerse yourself in undersea magic while dining an animator's palette with visits from some of your favorite Finding Nemo friends, including, inter- including interactive conversations with Crush. Okay, they already have that. So I'm a little annoyed that they're highlighting it within this as something, you know, presumptively new or exciting that that is the experience within animators palette most of the time they have two shows they run one is turtle talk with crush essentially if you've been to the parks it's a very similar experience the other is animation magic which is a really cool show but this is this is not new but the other two experiences are new and and one of them is sort of very new in my opinion so they're playing up a new interactive character dining experience hosted by Woody, Jesse, and Bullseye to kickstart your day with sing-alongs, cowboy serenades, and the all-country breakfast fixins. So that is interesting to me because it suggests kind of a breakfast that you can book, like almost a brunch experience that you can you can book, and you know even some different food that they would be bringing into the mix here with the country breakfast fixins. <laughs> Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, (laughs) like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, So she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new Genie technology and everything. Like I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So Remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Gil, is this exciting to you or something you'd skip? Typically, I'm not traveling with children, which I think definitely skews my answer to this. Um, plus, I'm not a morning person. So when you have a scheduled time breakfast, I'm probably not going to be making it there. However, for the people who are always looking for those character breakfasts on board, I think this is a new and exciting offering. Absolutely. Same. is this something you're going to do? Yes. And you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me at first, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my premonition. This is going to happen in animator's palette. No question. It's not going to be in Royal or in Enchanted on the fantasy. Do, it's going to be. Do you think animator's palette's a tough, a tough spot for shows? No, it's not. It's not going to be a, like a show show. It's going to be like did the Disney junior character breakfast that they used to do 
in Animator's Palette. We went to it on the Fantasy several years ago, and it was like four, it was like Mickey and then three or four Disney Junior characters. It was Doc McStuffins, Vampirina, can't remember who the other, I, oh, you know what? It might have been Sophia, Sophia, oh, and maybe even Jake from the Neverland Pirates. So it was like four Disney Junior characters plus Mickey that came around table to table and did, it was just like a character breakfast at one of the restaurants in the parks, like Chef Mickey's or something like that. You, you know, where the characters come around, take pictures, autographs, and then they might do a little dance in the dining room kind of a thing. That's what this is going to be, only it's going to be country jamboree type theming. So we might have some different stuff in the, on the screens and we may have the characters kind of dancing around the dining room. But that's my prediction. It's not new in the sense of it's been done before in a, just a different way, right? But this is new theming and I think it's a great idea. And care how early it is, Gail, I'm going to be there. <laughs> But I'm a big Toy Story fan and I love, you know, Jesse and Woody and all the gang. So, well, the other dining experience that they mention here is enjoy a Pixar themed dinner with dishes inspired by the Pixar Animation Studios California locale. Now, what I like about this is I will say traditionally, you know, Star Wars Day at Sea, the menu I always like to joke is something like, you know, it's still chicken fingers and fries. It's just, you know, Ronto roasted, panko crusted, whatever with lightsabers or something. So it's 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 like the same food. They just try to work in some Star Wars naming. This sounds more like they're heading in the direction I wish they would with uh, with things like Pirate Night or, or Star Wars Day at Sea or those types of things with like actual dishes that they are working on, potentially from a California cuisine perspective to hit the theme of Pixar. So I find that interesting. It will be interesting to see if they actually live up to what they're saying here or if it just goes the same direction that it has in the uh, in the past. It, it is hard, I think, to develop a new menu on Disney Cruise Line that cuts across the palettes that they're trying to satisfy. But I would sure love to see something headed more in the direction of like a Tiana's and less in the direction of the current Star Wars Day at sea. Gail, did they have special food offerings on board the sailing that you did or was or, or, or not? So this is where my memory gets a little sketchy. And I'm going to say maybe because I look back in my trip report and in all of our pictures, there was nothing that jumped out as new or different. But I will add in our most recent eight night, there was a California inspired menu. So I'm wondering if they are going to use or potentially just modify that for this purpose as well. Oh, really good point. I remembered about that. Well, as soon as you said that, that brought up that memory of the, the California inspired menu. I don't remember I that one. A, what was what was on that menu? We, you know, we've, we've had it only a couple of times. I don't really, I will say I can't remember the dishes specifically, but we've had it a couple of times on our longer cruises. You know, I will say I'm pretty sure the Disney Cruise Line blog has that menu we're not affiliated with the Disney Cruise Line blog, but they have a lot of personal navigators menus from pre previous sailings. And that's one of the things that I'm pretty sure is on there if folks want to look to kind of see the, the specific offerings in that California inspired menu. But I'm pretty sure we had it. Oh, well, I know for sure we had it on our 11 night Southern Caribbean. We may have had it on another cruise as well. I just can't remember which one. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the blog right now, and there is a taste of California menu on here. I, it, it's interesting to think whether this would be the modified menu. If they do that, then they really would just be falling into the uh, how do we rename linguine pasta into like you know Jesse's strands of hair. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So, Gail, I think we've covered everything that was in Disney's announcement about this. I'm curious what might have been offered on your prior sailing or the experience there that's not mentioned here. And, and from the standpoint that we might see it crop back up in this offering, it's just not been announced. I'm not sure how much crossover might happen, especially because there has been so much time. It does feel like these new Pixar sailings are really taking their cues from Star Wars and Marvel and how successful those have been because a lot of the activities offerings uh, that we experienced in 2012, I would say were much more adult focused. And I'm not sure that those landed the way they wanted them to. Interesting. You, 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 I think you mentioned in your mail to us that there were like speakers that were brought on board, which is a lot more like what they would do in a lengthier sailing or a special sailing. Like, you know, they'll have special folks on board a Panama Canal cruise to talk about the history of the, uh, of the canal. We've had folks on board uh, longer sailings that are more Broadway focused and, you know, do special things there. And I know on DVC member cruises, they sometimes bring folks on board to do you know, imagineering discussions and things like that. So um, it does not sound like that's returning here. But did you experience that on board your sailing? And was that interesting and and you know fun? I am a I'm a huge Disney academic nerd geek. Pick whatever term you <laughs> want for that. So it was right up my alley. And in fact, this was one of our favorite sailings. And I will say that onboard activities that we focused on were really in three areas. First of all, as you might expect, the films, anywhere there was a screen, it was Pixar almost 24-7. Oh, awesome. Then the second thing was they really took a hard look. And I think it's because we were in California. And so they were physically located near the Pixar campus and had access to all of their facilities and resources. They brought on so much onboard art with storyboards and sketches and painting and just concept art uh, that clearly was very adult driven and fantastic to see that you would never see either outside of Pixar or outside of a museum um, and the artists and filmmakers. And fun fact, we had booked this in November of 2011. They announced it as Pixar not until May 2012. And then they only added the speakers in August. So it was a month before we were sailing when those speakers got announced. I'm curious, Gail, I know you're a, a travel agent. We'll let you um, plug your, uh, your, your agency here at the end of the show. But have you seen an uptick in requests to book cruises in early 2023 on the, the fantasy as a result of this announcement? Not yet. Uh, I think we are still in a period of people who are ready to go back out and cruise and those who clearly are still not ready and so that has not been something that has prompted a lot that I have personally seen, but I am sure that there, uh, there has been some curiosity planted in the seeds of people maybe who haven't even been Disney cruisers before. Yeah, that's a good point. There are, you know, there are probably people whose interest this is peaking who may not be ready to book right now just because they feel still uncertain about travel right now. Whereas six months from now, they may be willing to book something for early 2023. So, Brian, you asked about other things that they might add. Uh, and a couple more things that I'd like to offer. They did provide everybody on board with special California Pixar lithographs uh, to take home as souvenirs, which I have never seen before or since. And then 
a special, wait for it, Disney visa offering, which I think we don't see ever hardly anymore, is anybody who booked with a Disney visa was gifted the Art of Pixar hardcover book. And if you've ever seen this thing, it's 300 plus pages and it's really big and it's really heavy. So um, it was glorious. We got it signed when we were on board, but it did create a packing challenge. Oh, they gave it to you on board? Oh, they should have just given it to you. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, it's such a nice gift, but it's like, really? I've got to like now... It's going to make my, my luggage overweight. Yeah. If it's free, except I got to pay Alaska Airlines 25 bucks for my luggage now. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> well, Sam, any other questions you have about the prior Pixar sailing? I mean, we've, I think we've exhausted the announcement itself. I'm, I, mean, I guess the other thing is, I am sure that there will be some specialty kids club offerings on the day at sea. I think they do that today with the other days at sea. So I wouldn't be surprised if the characters make an appearance. In some ways, they already do because on the fantasy Andy's bedroom, is in there. It's not Andrew's bedroom. It's Andy's playroom, I think, on the fantasy. Isn't that where the slide is, right, Sam? Uh, no, the slide is on the wonder. So it's, it is Andy's, play, Andy's playroom is in, is on the fantasy. But the one on the wonder, the, I think they still call it Andy's, they just call him Andy's room. But the one on the wonder has the bed with the slide. The one on the fantasy does not have a slide. Yeah. And Jesse already shows up there. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if they put some Pixar related activities into the kids clubs for the day. That would not surprise me. And, you know, those haven't been announced here, but Sam, anything we haven't talked about here? Yeah. So one thing I I wanted to ask Gail was about room decorations and if there was any, you know, for Star Wars Day at Sea, they put that sort of, we'll call it like bedspread thing at at the end of your bed. And I know they, I think they do the same for Marvel Day at Sea. On your cruise, did they do any kind of special special thing in your room other than obviously you got this crazy heavy book um, uh, in, in the room for the, for the Pixar theme? We got the lithographs and that was all. Uh, and I think that the, the new offerings are a generational uh, offering that is uh, new specific to Star Wars and Marvel. Gotcha. And I, so I'm predicting that there will be something similar to that. Plus, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure there will be the add on decoration packages. I wonder if they'll add a Pixar themed one. I don't think they have a Pixar themed one offered on the cruise currently. There is a room decorations package for um, at least the Disney World resorts. I don't know if they have it at the Disneyland resorts. It's a Pixar themed room decoration package. So I think we'll see uh, it's sort of the TBD as to whether that will be offered. But I have I'm predicting it will be. I think that's a, I think that's a safe bet. I think there's more that we will hear about. I suspect there could be some more drips and drabs of uh, of content and disclosure here as you get closer to some of these sailings. I mean, they're still about a year away or a little uh, under a year away now. So uh, Disney Cruise Line does love to kind of drag the details out a little bit, as we've seen with the wish to maximize the amount of exposure they get. So I could see another kind of announcement with some more of the uh, onboard offerings that they might have for these sailings. But Gail, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your your prior experience and chatting through this announcement with us. Uh, as I mentioned just a second ago, you're a travel agent yourself. Do you want to let folks know where they can find you and connect with you? Sure. Uh, first of all, it's important to know my name is spelled G-A-Y-L-E and I am with Off to Neverland and you can find me most easily at facebook.com slash Neverland. Awesome. And Gail, you mentioned you had a trip report about this sailing specifically. Do you have it? Is it on a a website or blog that folks can find and read? 
It's it is. But the funny thing is, after I sent it to you and I went back and reread it, I was like, oh, this is this is not very good. So I think I'm just going to keep that to myself. Okay, (laughs) Sort of like my desire to erase the first uh, 10 or so episodes of our podcast. But yes, uh, (laughs) we could appreciate that. But Gail, I really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, Love having you on. And thanks for sharing your experience with us. Well, I thank you for fitting this in and hopefully we will connect again soon. And if fate uh, shines upon us a week from Saturday, we will be on board our Marvel Day at Sea. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So jealous. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Gail. Thank you. Well, thanks as always for listening to our bonus episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have uh, suggestions for bonus content that we could put out, hey, let us know. Questions, people you'd like us to talk to, that sort of thing. We're always open to show suggestions, so just let us know. So with that, just thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading the reviews from our listeners and connecting with you in that way, and we love reading them on the main show each week. So head over, leave us those five-star reviews. We've got a few left to read, but we'll run out quickly, so don't miss your chance. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo blog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can browse over to youtube.com slash dclduo to see some of the videos we put up from our vacations. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of this show each and every month. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.